hauling Just look at the load I'm hauling Hard work, I hit it harder Ain't nothing new for a backwoods farmer Sun up to sundown Backing up traffic all the way to town Camo hat and a farmer's tan Welcome to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group, your innovative consumer resource and marketing partner of choice for the evolving agricultural community. Now, here's your host, Brent Adams. Welcome to another episode of Fast Line Fast Track. It's great to have you all here. We're on the road this week, first heading to Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, to catch up with our pal Colt Barber for his American Cowboy Showdown at the Bulls and Barrels 2020 event to benefit Abigail's plan. Then we head to the southern Indiana town of Dubois to catch up with Corn Warrior star and 12-time National Corn Growers Association national champion Kevin Cobb. We also talk to fellow Corn Warrior star Brooks Cardinal and Corn Warriors creator Seth Wood. Then we hear the great traditional country music sounds of Dallas Remington. You won't want to miss a moment of this one. Let's go. Well, after months of being cooped up, we're finally on the road this week, and our first stop is Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, for the sixth annual Bulls and Barrels Rodeo benefiting Abigail's plan. This year, it's a stop on Colt Barber's American Cowboy Showdown Tour, an International Professional Rodeo Association-sanctioned tour featuring some of the best riders in the nation. I had a chance to catch up with Colt before the day's festivities got underway. Colt, man, welcome in to Fast Line Fast Track. Thank you so much. It's good to be with you. And this is uh, this is living out a dream for you, man. You're getting to uh, to, to work with Rock and K Rodeos, putting on these rodeo shows, and uh, putting on some great country concerts. Yeah, man, we're having a blast. This is the fourth stop this year on the tour, um, and the rodeos are great. The horses, the bulls, the cowboys, the cow cowgirls, uh, and then great country music afterwards. There's nothing like a rodeo and a concert, and then a lot of great food also. What has the initial feedback for these uh, first few shows been like? everybody's loving it they're glad we're out we're glad we're you know bringing some entertainment back getting people out of the house uh, we're doing safe open air events uh, practice social distancing and all that stuff for those that want that hand sanitizer everywhere but uh, we're just trying to uh, to get summer going and uh, get the crowds into it and we've we're expecting another great one tonight here in Lawrenceburg Tennessee and kind of looking ahead to the schedule you've got a pretty jam-packed schedule going into the fall as well yeah, absolutely. We're we're rolling on, and uh, we're real excited about all the stops. Uh, we've got several more American Cowboy Showdown dates, and then we've got uh, several more just concert dates that we're doing uh, all over the country. And uh, next month we're heading to Montana. I mean, we're just we're excited and looking forward to a great year uh, playing country music for everybody. And this is a culmination of a lot of work. You, you've really been working hard for the past year to put the pieces in place to uh, make this thing a reality. Absolutely. There's there's over a hundred people working on this tour, and uh, it's just amazing. From from all the folks at Rock and K, the girls, you know, at the front, uh, at the tickets, uh, the stage and lighting, sound crew, uh, my band, the PR team, the management team. Uh, there's so many people uh, working to pull this together, and we're just having a blast. And on top of that, uh, you're bringing in some big sponsors with you as well. Yep, we've got sponsors that are coming in, and the, the virus kind of slowed us down a little bit. Everybody, you know, put on hold, but uh, we we are excited about what's about to happen, and a lot of good stuff in the works with sponsors, and uh, just looking forward to uh, getting hit in the road and continuing to travel and do what we love. So, what's been going on on the uh, farm with you? 
Uh, you know, training horses, working cows, all that good stuff, driving tractors, uh, flat tires, and, and uh, things tearing up, as always. Uh, horses getting sick, and, and uh, you know, but we uh, it's just another day in the life, and uh, we were out there yesterday working hard, and now we're here in Lawrenceburg uh, getting ready to put on a great show. On top of all this, you got some new music going on as well. Yep, we're in the studio working, and uh, we got a new single that'll be coming out here real soon, and then after that, several more the rest of this year. So we're excited. There's a lot going on. And, and we're just excited for the opportunity to do it. Well, I tell you what, man, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you guys. Can't wait to uh, see this concert tonight and see what you're going to pull off the rest of the year. And hopefully we'll be able to cross paths a few more times uh, before we uh, wind things down for 2020. I know everybody's down on 2020 right now, but uh, and there's a lot of good that can still come from the back half of this year. That's right. And, uh, you know, just, just as it starts opening up, get out and support the people trying to put on entertainment and the concerts. Uh, everybody's being safe and, and careful. And uh, we want to just uh, bring some entertainment to the American people this, this year with the American Cowboy Showdown. So, so folks want to go check out more and learn about the Colt Barber American Cowboy Showdown. Where can they go? Yep, go to coltbarber.com. It's Colt with a K, coltbarber.com. Also, uh, check out Instagram and Facebook, Colt Barber Official. Uh, follow us, like us, become our friend, and uh, you can keep up with everything going on right there. Gotcha. When you get on coltbarber.com, make sure you hit that tour tab at the top of the nav bar, and that'll get you right where you need to go to find out all. And, Colt, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on Fast Line Fast Track. Thank you so much, buddy. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Appreciate all you do. Well, after we left our pal Colton, Tennessee, we headed up to the Cobb Family Farm in Dubois, Indiana to drop in on filming for the Corn Warriors television show, which is in production for its fourth season. The show pits six of the nation's top corn growers, battling it out to see who can produce the biggest yield. It can be seen on Amazon Prime, RFD TV, and Carbon TV. This week, we talk with competitors Kevin Cobb and Brooks Cardinal, as well as the show's creator, Seth Wood. In the coming weeks, we'll feature the remaining four competitors. And next up here on Fast Line Fast Track, it's a treat for me. I get to go home here, Dubois County, Indiana, where I get to catch up with somebody we talked to uh, here. It's been a while since we've had him on the show, so time to get him back. Uh, Ke Kevin Cobb out of Dubois, Indiana. Kevin, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Oh, glad that uh, you guys got us on here. I tell you, Kevin is on the show Corn Warriors. You've heard a lot about it here on Fast Line Fast Track uh, with our buddy Seth Wood. They are getting ready to go into season four here. They're in production right now, and I'm just kind of poking around behind the scenes here uh, in Dubois, uh, trying to uh, figure out everything he's got going on here, which is a whole, whole lot. You've been on here four seasons. How have you seen things evolve uh, since you've been on the show? Well, the competition is a little bit weaker this year <laughs> since uh, – you know, the two world record of corn guys are off, uh, Randy and David. And, um, you know, I think the show was made to help uh, give the audience a little help of how we, I, don't, I shouldn't say this, the more progressive farmers, the guys that push the envelope pretty hard, um, and and get an insight on what we do to make money. It's yeah, Having big yields is fine. But, you know, the main thing is, is uh, if we don't make money at it, we, we can't do it. And, and I think that's what's great about the show. We're getting back into more of the, the knowledge, the teaching, what we've learned, and, and hopefully try to pass it back to the to the viewers. And that is the valuable part of it. There actually is an educational component, but also a healthy amount of trash talk as well. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of smack talk. I mean, uh, you know, I don't like talking too much. Well, maybe I do, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the great thing is we're, we're getting to be a lot of friends on there, good friends there. So, 
Yeah, there's a little shade thrown back and forth on each other. We say that, though. I saw some uh, stuff that Seth posted a, a few weeks ago of you over at Brooks Cardinals Farm, and uh, uh, you guys are, are, are checking out uh, some root systems on some corn, and you guys are sharing information, so there, there definitely is a camaraderie there as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, between us and Brooks and um, trying to think who else, uh, Dan, um, you know, we've been on, we're kind of the old veterans now, I guess you'd call it on the show and, and, and we, we become pretty good friends. I mean, we do share a lot of inf information back and forth. I mean, we don't tell everybody everything we know, but you know, uh, but it is good. I mean, there is a lot of knowledge told back and forth. And the amazing thing is, you know, we're, we're seeing what's, what some stuff don't work for us does work for other guys. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see different takes of the weather and soils yeah. how stuff reacts different at each place how have you seen your learning grow and some of your processes and uh, and just how have you changed how you do things if at all since you started doing this we've changed a lot i mean we, we experiment a lot i mean we're still back down to our basics um you know of our tissue sampling we've always done um the liquid we've done but now we're actually getting into strip tilling a little bit trying to learn on that um you know, you, you never learn, you never are done learning, I should say. I mean, you can always get better and more efficient. So, um, you know, it's the good thing is we've met a, a lot of people, not just Dan and Brooks and these other guys, but, you know, a lot of other farmers that, uh, that we get to talk to. And, you know, they may say something that, you know, you'll remember and you think, man, why didn't I think of that? You know, let's, let's try that. So, you know, our farm is 100% always evolving, always trying to look or something better. And it looks like as the show evolves, the uh, seed companies and the fertilizer companies and so forth have been paying a lot of attention to that. Do you see them being able to learn and, and kind of develop uh, the new products and new processes through this as well? Oh, I think so. I, uh, you know, the most of the guys are on, that are on here on this show are guys that push the limits, you know. Um, I'll be the first one to tell you, and, and I'm probably speaking for most of the other warriors, that probably 20 out of 25 things that we try don't work but um you know the stuff that we do learn that works we we carry over and and you know we have a lot of followers now that that we are giving information to that that are seeing and do see response to it so yeah i think 100 percent the seed corn companies and fertilizer companies could could learn a lot i mean from the show or just watching what we do you know a lot of people are stuck in the old ways. I say the old ways, I mean, but, you know, seed corn technologies come out, fertilizer technology, but but we're still not back to the basics of reading tissue samples and how to interpret it, you know. So there is, there is a huge learning curve that the seed companies and that could have. So are you ever able to turn this off or are you constantly thinking about it? Oh, you always think about it. I mean, um, part of the reason is I'm pretty competitive. You know, I don't want to get beat, and you know, Randy and David has been giving knots on our head every every year that they've been in it. So, uh, you know, no offense, but I'm kind of glad they're both off, so give us a chance to win. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we think about it all the time. I mean, it's just it's not that we want to; it's just that it happens. You know, we can't get off. You know, daughters was playing basketball this weekend, Amanda. You know, we was always looking at the weather map every five, ten minutes, seeing where the rain's at. You know, I mean, it's just. Speaking for every farmer, you know, farming, it ain't, 
you know, it's an addiction. You know, every person just, we just love to do it. What does this year look like for you so far? Well, actually, I think we got some great things going on. Um, you know, soybeans have always been kind of the second fiddle on our farm. You know, we've always been pushing corn and uh, we got some fantastic things going on with the, the soybeans. Um, that's the first time in my life I think I've ever been excited about soybeans. Um, the corn, you know, with the strip till, um, we're excited now that we finally got a rain. We were, I think we've had like two, two inches of rain in the last month and a half, two months with, with 90 degree, 95 degree weather. So we were kind of hurting there, but our soybeans were looking good. But, you know, that little rain we just had Saturday um, kind of brought us back into the game again. So we're, we're geared back up again and being excited for this year's crop again that's exciting so uh, t take me through the schedule what does the rest of the growing season look like for you guys so as of now uh just today is july 13th i think uh we're, we're done wide dropping uh we should be done putting all of our fertilizer down um so now we're we're protecting yield um you know we're we just got some veltima to put on our corn bsf uh fungicide there uh, we'll be spraying fungicides, you know, as long as and many times as it takes now from here on out. Just try to keep that plant healthy. Uh, and uh, what does harvest season look like for you in terms of when you start getting uh, equipment ready, when you start putting all the pieces in place to get ready to head out in the field for that? So I'm kind of a procrastinator on the getting equipment ready. <laughs> you know, it's normally like, oh crap, we better start harvesting so we better get the combine out. But, oh, uh, we'll we'll start, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get our second round of fungicides down you know maybe the end of this week and then we might accidentally look at the combine <laughs> but uh, we're, we're still not in no big hurry on our equipment yet and in the meantime you'd like to spend a little bit of time out at the softball field and uh, COVID finally uh, kind of uh, letting up on us to be able to do that uh, what, what's the rest of summer looking like for you so actually my girls are kind of shifting gears this year uh, I mean they, they still play a little travel softball but now they're getting into the travel basketball. And uh, so uh, I think we got about the next four or five weekends lined up for for uh, basketball. So that's good, Ch change of pace on sports. Yeah. I just can't drink near as much beer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You, you, just, you just gotta be a little slicker about how you do it. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Well, I tell you what, Kevin, we wish you the best of luck here this season. And we're going to uh, kind of uh, go through and uh, profile some of the other corn warriors as we get going, some of your competitors. But uh, we'll keep an eye on you, and hopefully we'll be uh, seeing big things when we run into you back in San Antonio here in uh, February. Well, let's hope, let's hope we can make it. You know, uh, that's always uh, the Commodity Classic is always a great time. You get to meet a lot of your friends there. and um just a really good time i hope we can make it <laughs> so, and again we've been talking with kevin cobb cobb farms in dubois indiana and now i tell you what uh, we're still here at kevin cobb's farm in dubois indiana but guess who i caught sneaking around here it is fellow competitor brooks cardinal who came over from oaktown indiana uh just west of here and uh, brooks welcome in hello how's it going man i tell you what it's going great how are things going down on the uh, cardinal farm here this summer Oh, not bad. We've been uh, been pretty dry and pretty hot, uh -huh. so we've been doing a lot of watering and trying to keep the crop cool. So it's been been a challenge. Uh -huh. How are you feeling about it so far? Oh, we got a good crop. Um, probably not as good as what I want. Um, you know, this heat's definitely took some bushels from us. Um, pollination. You know, we did pollinate right in the middle of a lot of this heat. Um, some of this April and early May corn. Um, 
has already pollinated and you know i know it's hurt a little bit i've seen some tip back so you know we got to try to save as many kernels as we can but um but yeah i think we still got a decent crop and you were the new guy on the block on corn warrior season three what did you take out of that one that you've uh, applied for this season <laughs> what a challenge season three was i mean with all the rain um but you know i mean season three brought me you know i, I met a lot of these other corn warriors and um, learned a lot from them and you know we we applied a lot of that to this year you know so um you know i think we're better shape this year we, we got a lot better emergence this year um you know a better start is everything and um so you know i'm pretty pretty positive about that when you hit on something i asked kevin about earlier too uh, i know seth wood the creator of the show here had uh, shared a photo of you guys over at your farm here a few weeks ago uh just kind of comparing notes that uh that learning never stops and you guys have been really good about sharing information and and kind of learning from one another yeah that's what it's all about i mean networking and learning from others and you know we all got the same goals out here and and um you know it's been great um so yeah it was great to have him on the farm and you know he pointed out some things that you know i've not really looked at and um you know not really noticed before that you know that was interesting so yeah i that was that was a lot of fun and you know we've seen through through covid and through a lot of what's going on now a lot of people have really taken a renewed interest in in understanding what's going on in agriculture and understanding where their food comes from how much do you think that kind of opens the door for you guys to be able to tell your story there on corn warriors yeah i mean it it really does i mean it, it it does you know open the picture up a little bit and and not you know maybe a little more for us at cardinal farms because we grow produce as well and you know with our watermelons and my uncle grows a lot of sweet corn and um you know it makes people appreciate you know where where the stuff comes from a little more and you know especially when there's a shortage out there and and you know all this mess we've been going through well, I tell you what, man, we're going to be watching here to see how things shape up as uh, as you continue your taping as season four winds on, and uh, we wish you the best of luck with it. All right. Thanks a lot. And again, we've been talking with Brooks Cardinal, Cardinal Farms out of Oaktown, Indiana. Well, next up, you know, if you follow our social media for Fastline Fast Track, from time to time, we bring in our friend Seth Wood to discuss his great show, Corn Warriors, which has entered its fourth season of production. I've just been so impressed to see the growth of that show and to get down to Commodity Classic every year and see all the people who turn out for the champion coronation. And I had a chance to sit down and talk with him here at the Cobb Family Farm during a break in taping. And Seth, welcome into Fast Line Fast Track. Well, thank you for having me, Brent. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, we talk a little bit about here and now and in the moment, but take me back a little bit and tell me how this whole show got started. So the show got started uh, about four years ago. Um, we just saw a need in the industry for some good educational content for farmers as well as some entertainment that uh, didn't really exist in the ag community uh, from what we could see. And uh, we found some of the best farmers we could find and we put together a show. How hard was it to get everybody on board for that first season? Um, it wasn't too difficult, actually. We, I think everybody signed up pretty quickly. Um, we didn't have any pushback, and everybody was all for it, and it's just been an incredible ride. 
How have you seen that the show evolve since then? Well, it's evolved quite a bit. Uh, you know, we've got warriors that come in and go out, and then we've got um, lots of incredible content, some educational stuff that I'm told that universities don't even teach, uh, which is exciting for me to hear. Um, but it's, uh, it's been a wild ride, I'll be honest. And that's one of the things that you guys, I understand, set out to do was to create something that any farmer could sit down and learn from. There's a real educational component, and, and it's helping raise everybody's game. Yeah, we hear it a lot, actually, that uh, people are boosting their entire farm averages just from watching the show. Uh, we've got somebody in the show now that said he was able to raise his entire farm average about 100 bushels in a single year from the tips that he picked up on the show. So that kind of thing is huge for us. That's what we set out to do is to give the farmers a good name as well as um, provide some education that you know, could really change some lives and boost some yields. So tell me a bit about the competitors that you have on this season four of Corn Warriors. Okay, so we got six guys this year. We've got um, Corey Atley, we've got Kevin Cobb, we got Brooks Cardinal, we got Dan Lipkiss, we got Eric Reed, and we got Jake Droz. And they're all spread out, different locations. And um, they're all warriors. They have that warrior spirit, which is one of the big things we look for when we're looking for new warriors or warriors to stick around. Um, that warrior spirit is something that you can't really put price tag on and it's it's just down deep you know what i mean and these guys have it they, they're hungry they're very competitive they want to see change in the industry they want to educate and pay it forward these guys are the best man you've had so much fun dealing with corn here with corn warriors now you've also evolved into a, a soybean show as well that's right we got the pod father that is launching in January on RFD TV, and we're in production for it now. We have four locations, working on a couple more maybe um, for next year, but it's uh, it's pretty fun, man. What we do, it doesn't really feel like work a lot of times because <laughs> we get to deal with the salt of the earth, some of the best people I've ever met out here on these farms, and they are... Um, I don't know. They're just incredible people. And it's not just the farmers who've gotten behind you. The industry as a whole, as I've watched this thing grow, has really gotten behind you and, and gotten in, involved and interested in what you're doing. Yeah, we have had some pretty big sponsors that have signed up. And uh, we've got some, like we just signed up Pivot Bio and BASF, uh, which we're extremely excited to have them on board. Um, we're extremely blessed and humbled by the industry uh, professionals as well as uh, sponsors that have signed up to help us make the show. So in addition to what folks can find on RFD TV, you guys have also evolved into being able to sell some premium content. That's right. We've got a new um, membership only content portal on our website titled Yellow Gold. Uh, that you can sign up for and get access to each individual farmer's in-depth educational content. So you can check them out there. You can check them out on Amazon Prime. You can check them out on RFD TV. Anywhere else? Uh, you can get it on Carbon TV. And, you know, most importantly, you can sign up on our website and get early access to the show two months earlier than it's going to air on television. So make sure you do that. And uh, these guys are just humming along here. He's talking about season uh, 15 and 20 already. He's on four and he's got big plans for this thing. And Seth, man, uh, we've been so excited to see how everything is turning out here. And, and we wish you the best and we're always here to support you guys well thank you Brent you're an extreme blessing
blessing and we are uh, very appreciative of the all the promotions you do for us and uh, it's just a blessing to be here working with you well, next up on Fast Sign Fast Track, we welcome in a country music singer-songwriter who's burning up the charts and rapidly making a name for herself. She comes from a farm in Paducah, Kentucky, and stays true to her roots in her incredible music. Dallas Remington, welcome into Fast Sign Fast Track. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, we've been doing pretty well, just working as always, just as hard as we can in the midst of everything crazy going on, but uh, yeah. just... Facing the dream. You know, it seems like I can't go a day without hearing your name mentioned or seeing it pop up on my social media feeds. And then there's all the new music and the success on the charts. And you seem to really keep it moving despite COVID-19. Oh, that's awesome. No, we tried not to slow down at all. Um, you know, we just tried to keep going. You know, we had a bunch of stuff canceled, but I was like, I'm going to make the best of this. Uh, my mom and I have a business here in Nashville, so we've been working full swing in that. Uh, we flip houses, so we've been working nonstop with that. And then at the same time, I'm still writing. I'm still, we recorded the new single um, literally a month ago, or two months ago now. So we recorded it in COVID. Um, so we've just been trying to do everything we can possible and not, um, we want our name, out, my name out there. We want people to see my name all the time. So. Yeah, and we're going to talk about Uncommon Man a bit later on in the show because it's catching a lot of attention and moving rapidly up the charts. So now you're living in Nashville and working really hard to build a career. How does it feel to see that hard work paying off for you? You know, it's been it's been an incredible journey this entire time. I started uh, performing in Nashville nine years ago this year, actually. So we've been here um traveling back and forth to here for such a long time and then we moved to nashville um, when i was 15. so you know we've put a hundred percent in this and when i say we it's my family and i and then now my team and i because we've built this whole team around me and we put a hundred percent in in everything we do and so the fact that it's paying off now and we've got more people um the streams are going up the chart numbers are going up the Band numbers are going up. It's just absolutely amazing because, you know, this is my heart and soul. And to see people um, people joining my career, literally, I tell them that they're joining the journey with me when they're liking my page or when they're listening to my songs or whatever they're doing because I literally take them along every step of it. And it's because of the fans and because of the people and then in the industry supporting me that I get to do what I do. Um, so it's amazing to see things happening and especially with like current stuff happening with my music. Um, it's just the best feeling in the world because this is all I love to do. I love to sit down. I love to play my guitar and sing. And the fact that I've gotten to make a career out of that just blows my mind. So we referenced growing up on the farm earlier. Take us back and tell us more about that and how it shaped you. Yeah, so I am a fifth generation farm kid from Western Kentucky. Um, you know, my mom and my daddy were both FFA. My mama was FFA regional president. So I come from a deep farming uh, background. And, you know, somebody actually asked me the other day, they're like, how did that influence your music? And, you know, I grew up watching my family work on the farm. And when you work on a farm, there's no nine to five. There's no just 40 hours a week. It's literally 24 seven. And so I feel like growing up on the farm just showed me what hard work is and I watched my parents every year of my life every day of my life every second of my life work completely 100% for their farm for their family and so it helped instill that hard work ethic in me towards my dreams for my towards my brother and his dreams and so I will never never um, take for granted being able to grow up in that 
in that setting and I, I will always that'll always be home and uh, it's still where I go every weekend that I ain't playing a show. I love it. So what where did music enter your life? So I uh my it's actually kind of a roundabout story. Um I've always loved to sing, you know, I started singing in my church when I was really little. Um and I would just sing around the house and like when I went to school before I was homeschooled, I would sing in talent shows and stuff like that. And then my my grandmother, um, she suggested I start taking guitar lessons and start taking vocal lessons because my brother actually moved away and I was homeschooled. I was super lonely. He was my best friend. I had nothing to do. So she was like, go take some guitar lessons. Let's do something with this. And uh, the, Mr. Campbell, who gave me my first guitar lessons, he actually had a venue. And so I started singing there and they posted a video of me and a producer in Nashville saw it and started booking me in Nashville. So that was, I started playing guitar when I turned nine, uh, right, right before I turned 10. So, um, and then I started singing out right after I turned 10 and then played my first gig in Nashville at 11. So it's been my life for over half my life now. So, so who were some of your musical influences and who were you singing early on? Oh, there's so many. I mean, I love what I call country, country music. Um, I grew up listening to what my mama loved, which was Conway Twitty and Alabama and Loretta Lynn. And, um, you know, somebody asked me one time what my musical Mount Rushmore would be. And so I feel like influence wise, that's just the best way to answer that is with my musical Mount Rushmore. So Loretta Lynn, Patsy Cline, um, Garth Brooks and Conway Twitty were my musical Mount Rushmore. So those are my four that I'm just like, I love them. But influence-wise music, obviously Loretta Lynn, um, Patsy Cline, definitely just because of the strong women that they are and how, you know, they just seemed like they wouldn't take nothing from nobody. And they just did what they wanted to do and they pushed towards the goal. And um, they really influenced my music. And then early on, you know, I sang a lot of, my first song I ever sang out live with the band was Call Mine's Daughter. And nice. then, and uh, the other one was Delta Dawn by Tanya Tucker. So I sang a lot of that. And then also, obviously growing up singing in the Honky Tonks in Nashville, um, I did a lot of covers. And so I did a lot of Taylor Swift because, you know, she was a huge influence for me because she came to Nashville at the same age I did. And by the time I was 11, she was the biggest thing on the planet. She still is the biggest thing on the planet. But it was kind of like, you know, she came to Nashville at 11 and by 15, she started changing the world. And she was just always a huge influence to me. So there's so many. Um, that I've signed throughout my career and that there's just, the list could go on and on of people who I feel like have influenced my music, but those are a few of them. <laughs> so when you were cutting your teeth at the honky tonks in and around Nashville, where were you playing the most? I actually had a, a residency starting when I was 12 at uh, a little honky tonk restaurant over in Opryland, over around Opryland called the Nashville Palace. Mm -hmm. So I played there every Saturday um, for about two two and a half years and uh, really learned how to perform. I mean, that was literally just my, my performance class, you know, cause I was doing it for two to three hours every Saturday. And uh, I played there mostly. And then they actually changed ownership and some stuff happened. And I didn't know four hours worth of Western swing at the time. So <laughs> we, uh, I started falling in love with songwriting and started playing more songwriter venues and, um, so the Nashville, Nashville Palace was my main one. I used to play John A's and then wherever needed a singer to come sing, I'd come play. 
So as you were doing that, you were also racking up a lot of awards. You've been the Volunteer State Country Bluegrass Gospel Music Association's Entertainer of the Year, Instrumentalist of the Year, Traditional Country Female Vocalist of the Year, and New Country Co-Songwriter of the Year for Found Her Freedom and Never Turned Around in 2016, the Traditional Country Co-Songwriter of the Year for Here's Your Trailer Key in 2017, and Traditional Country Songwriter of the Year for I'm Country in 2016, also the Female Instrumentalist of the Year in 2018. Yeah, we. Uh, I was really blessed to be able to be in some amazing organizations that supported young singer-songwriters and musicians um, you know, NACMA, which is the North American Country Music Association. I've been a member and uh, participating there since I was 12 and volunteered the BCGSB. I always get it messed up. The volunteer state, you know, they were some amazing people that supported me from such an early um, stage in my career and got me into those contests. And uh, I'll always be grateful for them for those amazing awards. So before COVID, you had played between 150 and 200 dates a year over the past couple of years. How have you been using all this extra downtime to further your career? Like you said, we play all the time. And we had actually just done our first weekend of a full summer worth of weekends out on the road. Um, we just played the Houston Rodeo. And we played the gig. And the next morning is when everybody shut everything down. They canceled the rest of the rodeo. All of my gigs emailed me. And they're just like, we can't do it. Like, we have to shut down. And so it all literally changed in the matter of probably four days. Went from having a whole year's worth to having nothing. Um, you know, I've kept myself for the first month, we actually went home to Kentucky just to be with our family because we didn't know what was going to happen. We wanted to all be together. Um, and so that was actually a huge blessing for us. I hadn't been home a lot since I was 15, since we moved down here. And so it's just, I got to spend time with them, but at the same time I did things like this and shows every day. So I continued performing, even if it was from my front porch swing in Kentucky. I continued performing every day. I was learning songs to add into the set when we can get back. I was Skype writing. Um, and most importantly, I was thinking about what was going to be the next single. Because going into COVID, you know, we had a single that was number 32 on the charts. And it just, everyone had to freeze. So we were like, we can just sit here. Or we can pull it. So we ended up pulling our our single, which was hunting season. And then I was like sitting on the porch one day and I was like, oh my gosh, we have to have another single. So it really gave me the chance to sit down and just go through my songs and figure out what would be the best thing for me as an artist to put out to the world. And so it gave me a chance to, you know, reconnect with songs I wrote years ago and write some new ones that I'm super excited about and hopefully be putting out in the future. So it was really a good time for me just to assess what we have and see where we should go from here. And so we, uh, like I said, we got to record a song. Um, we did photo shoot social distance wise. Like we did everything we could um, to try to stay as normal as possible, but you know, to keep moving. So before we go any further, let's hear one from Dallas. This is hunting season.
Then. That's a powerful song from Dallas Remington. So in addition to your music, volunteerism is a big part of your life, and that includes a ministry outreach you started called Melody for the Elderly. Tell us about that. So Melody for the Elderly is a ministry outreach I started when I was probably 11. I'm trying to think. I don't want to say too early. I think it was 11. Um, you know, my guitar teacher, you know, he's like, find any outlet possible to play music. And, um, we had some friends that were in nursing homes and so we went and started visiting them and we talked to the nursing home and they had me um they told me i could come play once a week and we just became um it just became a, a weekly thing and i would go and i would spread, share songs with them and that's where a lot of my love for traditional country came from because i was i worked to learn the songs that they remembered from their childhood mm. and, and so we uh we did Mel- melody for the elderly was a huge part of my life and will always be a huge blessing um, and i literally 
we found out that a lot of these people who were in the nursing homes, they didn't have family that could come visit them every day or every week or even once a month. So they were really lonely. And, you know, I'm a true believer that music is therapy. And it just has always blessed me to be able to go see them and play a song. And, you know, maybe they have Alzheimer's and they'll come up. We had a sweet lady. We called her the coal miner's daughter. And she had Alzheimer's and she would always come up to me and tell me about her daddy, who was actually a coal miner and butcher hauler. Mm, and wow. she started coming up and telling me the same story every week. So we realized she had Alzheimer's. But when I'd start singing Coal Miner's Daughter, she would light up and she'd sing every word to that song. And it always just it just proved to me how powerful music is. And that will always be one of my favorite things I've ever done um, was Melody for the Elderly. And we still, obviously, we can't do it right now um, with everything that's happening. But um, it'll always be a giant part of my life. And I'm so blessed to have met the people I've met through it and to have um, been able to minister to them through music. Um, and thankful for, you know, one of the nursing homes that I've worked with, they nominated me. And I actually ended up winning the Youth Volunteer of the Year Award when I was 14. For the Kentucky Healthcare Association, and you know, it's just the fact that I just wanted to go up there and sing for them, and it meant so much to them, and it's always meant so much to me. And I, I miss them all, and hopefully, I can go see them again very, very soon. Well, before we go any further, let's hear one more from Dallas Remington. This is Boy in a Band on Fast Line Fast Track. My mama said he'll break your heart in two. Said when you start to fall, he'll steal your parachute. Yeah, he's got. Green eyes and long dark hair, yeah. My mama told me to be prepared, she said He'll make you wanna walk this way Then he'll whisper in your ear and make you wanna stay He'll give you everything you thought you needed In a song he wrote about you It makes my heart go wild And when he sings my song It really makes me smile Yeah, he's got green eyes And long dark hair Yeah, I really should have been prepared
break your heart in two. Said when you start to fall, he'll steal your parachute. So one of the things I learned about you this week as I was digging in the dirt is that there's no messing with you because you're a black belt in Taekwondo, and that happened at an early age, huh? Yeah, so I became a first-degree black belt in, ta- uh, in Taekwondo when I was eight years old, um, and I was actually the youngest in our organization to ever get a black belt. Mm. Um, I got to go to our nationals um, up in, we went to Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'd never been in a plane before, so I got to fly to Grand Rapids. It was real fun. Um, but, you know, I started Taekwondo when I was five, um, and so that was a big part of my life. And then I got my black belt when I turned eight, and I couldn't test again until I was 12. So um, kind of fell out of it, but I still remember every bit of it, so don't dare miss it. So you mentioned earlier in the show about the business that you and your mom have. Tell us a bit about that, because I understand you have a real passion for construction and interior design. Yeah, so my mama is an interior designer, and uh, that's what she always did at home. She decorated for churches, she decorated people's houses, um, and that's her um, that's her passion, and that's her dream. And so, you know, we came to Nashville, and we were living in an apartment, and we we're, you know, we're like, we're, you know, we're just spending rent that we're never going to get back. So, like, why don't we invest in a house? We'll flip it, and we'll just keep doing that. And so, we started this whole business. Um, we're on our second flip now we're getting ready to list it so hopefully very soon we'll have it um sold but you know that's uh that's what we've done a lot during quarantine is we flipped an entire house because we couldn't go anywhere and our crew is literally my mom me and two guys so besides like electricians and plumbers and stuff like that so our crew is basically just four people so we've uh we spent a lot of time in the construction zone um, the past few months and we're, we're almost done with it. And it's been a, it's been a really cool, um, journey from start to finish. You know, I live in the first house we flipped. It turned out so well that I fell in love with it. And I'm like, I'm gonna keep this one for myself. So now we got to sell one and make some money. (laughs) I feel like we should be putting together an HGTV show here. (laughs) That's what my mama said. And I'm like, I think we got to be a little faster at them. (laughs) But, uh, you know, with COVID happening, it kind of knocked us back a couple months, but, um, it's been uh, it's been a cool journey, and so we're already looking for the next one to do. What What are some of the things that you've learned through that whole process? Well, growing up, helping my mama, um, you know, decorate people's houses and decorate church, and I've been around construction zones um, a lot. Um, I think with this house, the most I have learned is I really love demo day, and anytime mom needs something that gets needs to be torn apart, I'm like, that's my job. Like I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Give me a 
give me a crowbar, give me a hammer. I'm going to knock some holes in some stuff. Um, but, you know, it's been, um, uh, everything's just been a learning experience, especially, you know, when we used to decorate houses in Kentucky, it's a different um, ball game than here. Because here, you know, we've got a lot more people, a lot more demand, you know. Um, so it's it's been cool. And decorating, uh, when, you know, when we were decorating houses, or when she was decorating houses in Kentucky, we were decorating specifically for people. This time, we've got to, like, for what the person wants. This time, we've got to get what we feel like everybody would want. Mm -hmm. um, so we've done a lot of research and a lot of going to other open houses and going to other things to see what people are liking in houses. And so we're hopefully, we hope we got a good one, and uh, we're excited to see what happens here in the next month or so with it. Just another creative outlet, huh? Yes, definitely, definitely. And it's a, it's just amazing thing because, you know, I'm here chasing my dream and now my mom is getting to chase her dream as well. So, you know, we're, we're killing two birds with one stone. Well, before we get out of here this week, we want to get into the new single, Uncommon Man. What can you tell us about this one? So, Uncommon Man is a song I co-wrote with my good friend, Miss Courtney Bumbacher. And uh, Courtney and I had hung out several times. We had never really written together and we finally set up a write. And she's like, I've got this idea that I've pitched to several people and they don't get it. She's like, I want to write a song about my dad and the title is Uncommon Man. And I was like, I totally get that, which I already knew, you know, what she came from. She's from a dairy farm in upstate New York and me being from a farm in West Kentucky. I was like, heck yes, I can totally get on this. Fell in love with the idea. And it was one of those songs that, you know, we sat out, we were like, we just want to write a song for our dads. Like no one in the world my no one else might ever hear the song but we just want to write the song for them and uh we had to make it what we felt like was perfect um before we would play it for them so it took a few rights and we just we fell in love with it and it became a very important song to both of our families and um, you know we were pitching it around town we were um trying to get people to cut it and all this stuff and then Courtney finally told me when I decided I was going to cut it, she's like, I really wanted you to cut it the entire time. I didn't really want anyone else to cut it. I'm like, oh, well, good. Um, but, you know, it became my dad's favorite song, obviously, because it's about him. But it became my dad's favorite song, my brother's favorite song. And uh, when we were home for quarantine, actually, my brother and I were riding around the four-wheeler one day. And I was talking about a song that I'd written. And he was like, yeah, that's a good song. But what the heck are you doing with Uncommon Man? Why haven't you released that yet? And I was like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Because, you know, they always say um, we just had we've always done up tempo, always do up tempo and stuff like that. And then for like the next month, I had this something just poking me in the gut saying uncommon man, uncommon man, uncommon man. And then um, we ended up doing a Zoom meeting with my whole team. And I had sent them three songs, and then at the very last second, I sent them a really, really, really bad work tape of me singing Uncommon Man. And I was just like, okay, we'll see. And we got on the Zoom, and they are all like, the single's Uncommon Man. Like, you know that, right? And I was like, yeah, I was trying to ignore my gut, but I know it. And um, it's just been an amazing um, couple months to see how everyone's reacting to this song. You know, we wrote it specifically, like I said, for our dads. And the fact that so many other people are relating to it, even, and they have their different kinds of uncommon men. We wrote it about a farmer, but we're getting stories sent to us every day about all kinds of different uncommon men. Like one of my friends, her dad is a shoe cobbler. And she's like, this song is just my dad to a T. And it's just, I love this song. And I'm so, so thankful. And I feel so grateful 
that so many other people are loving it and that it um, it touches them the way it touched our families. So without any further ado, here is Dallas Remington with Uncommon Man on Fast Line Fast Track. There's no such thing as 40 hours, no working nine to five. Blood, sweat, and tears, praying to God help me survive. Through droughts and floods and never-ending days And disaster years, he tries to keep his faith He has holes in his jeans, he didn't buy them that way And when he shakes your hand, you have his word And he'll take it to the grave Before he falls asleep at night he reads the Bible by his bed And he thanks the Lord for an everyday life Of an uncommon man He does his best to support His kids and his wife Sometimes he might miss dinner But he still tucks them in the night Church and chores are still family affairs Yet to him no other life can compare He has holes in his jeans He didn't buy them that away And when he shakes your hand You have his word and he'll take it to the grave I predict that's going to be another big hit for Dallas Remington. So if folks want to know more about you, where can they go to learn about everything you have going on? You know, the easiest place is to go to DallasRemington.com. It's Dallas like the city and Remington like the shotgun or the curling iron, whichever you choose because they're spelled the same way. And I say it's written out right there for you. But uh, go to DallasRemington.com. And from there, it's got the links to all my socials, where to get the music. I've got an online store. We've got merch. We've got all kinds of stuff. So um, y'all reach out to me and love to stay in touch with y'all. Well, Dallas, it's been a pleasure. We sure appreciate you being generous with your time and joining us here on Fast Line Fast Track. And we hope you'll come back anytime you have new music to promote. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome.
We want to say a special shout out to our musical sponsor, the Ernest Tubb Record Shop, 417 Broadway in the heart of downtown Nashville, Tennessee. You know, the COVID had them down for a bit, but they're open for business now. And I hope that when you're in Nashville, you go check them out. They have a great selection of vinyl, CDs, and merchandise. And if they don't have it there for you, they'll find it. They're open Sunday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And Friday and Saturday from 10 to 10. So stop by and say hi and make sure you tell them that you heard it on Fast Line, Fast track i also want to say a special shout out to our friends at farm life and thank them for their support of fast line fast track we have some big things in the works and you're going to be hearing a lot about that real soon so stay tuned for that go over and give them a like on their facebook page so you can connect with others interested in agriculture and join me over on their page every wednesday at 8 p.m eastern as i join brandon deal to talk about the things that are on farmers minds And as harvest season is rapidly approaching for many farmers across the country, if you're in the market for combines, heads, grain carts, grain dryers, trailers, or anything else, head on over to FastLine.com and check out our equipment locator with the price comparison tool featuring the Iron Average powered by Iron Solutions. That's FastLine.com. And while you're on the website, be sure to sign up for the print catalog for your state or region. No need to head into town to pick one up off the convenience store rack. The FastLine catalog is being delivered directly to your mailbox and it's still a favorite resource of farmers and ranchers across our great country remember to subscribe to the fast line fast track podcast on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, and add our spotify playlist so you can get all the music of past current and upcoming guests of the show also be sure to hit us up on all the socials facebook twitter instagram linkedin and youtube well it's time for us to get on out of here so until next time it's brent adams saying y'all come back and bring along a friend. You've been listening to Fast Line Fast Track, presented by Fast Line Media Group. To learn more about Fast Line's customer-focused marketing solutions, visit FastLineMediaGroup.com and check out our brand websites, FastLine.com, BigAg.com, and PinkTractor.com. If you have topic suggestions for future podcasts, drop us a line at Brent.Adams at FastLine.com. <laughs>